this commandment is something that we are commanded specifically to do. And while these other commandments concern sinful things that we should not be doing, this commandment points out a very good thing, a blessing that we should not forget. And this further reminds us, once again, that the Sabbath is a gift. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I am your host. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to our series on the Ten Commandments. Now, as you may have noticed, uh, this episode is titled as Part 4, which means there are, in fact, three episodes prior to this one to enjoy. So while those episodes do certainly sort of stand alone, and this one will as well, I would still say they definitely go better together, which is why this is a series. So I would highly encourage you to go ahead and just pause this episode real quick. If you haven't heard those previous episodes, give those a listen and then come right back to this one. Because I think that it can be really helpful just to have the background from those episodes before getting in to this week's discussion. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and assume that if you're still here, you are in it for the long haul. So just as we did with the prior episodes in this series, let's go ahead and start off by reading the verses from Exodus 20 that this topic of the Ten Commandments comes from. The verses specifically are Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son, or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. 
Now all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. The people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be with you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. So, with that passage in mind, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion today with the next commandment in this series, and that is, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, long-time listeners may recall that we have done a full episode on the subject of the Sabbath. And this discussion here will certainly be considering this topic in a slightly different light. So if this leaves you wanting a bit more, I would definitely scroll on back to, I believe it was episode 8, and give that a listen. But with that in mind, we will just sort of hit a couple of the highlights from that episode here as we get into this conversation today about how this commandment fits specifically with the Ten Commandments and the book of Exodus, and then get into some more discussion further examining this commandment in the context of Exodus 20. Now, in terms of Christianity, uh, the Sabbath, for those who maybe wanting a little bit of a definition or a starting place here. Uh, This is a day of rest and worship, and traditionally it would be on a Sunday, at least in the United States, although it doesn't necessarily have to be on a Sunday, and we'll talk about that more a little bit later. As we see in Exodus chapter 20, this concept of working six days and resting on the seventh harkens all the way back to the story of creation from Genesis. And I'll go ahead and read the verses that reference that here, just so that we have that present in the forefront of our minds. This is going to be Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, under Old Testament law, there were very strict rules on what was and wasn't allowed on the Sabbath, which we can sort of see in the totality of this commandment, Uh, specifically talking about not engaging in work on the Sabbath. Uh, And another example of this would be from, for instance, Exodus chapter 35, verses 2 and 3, where people are instructed to not even light a fire in their house on the Sabbath. And so there are some uh, very strict Old Testament Sabbath rules, especially considering how that's observed, uh, that we should be aware of when we're talking about this. And there are plenty of other rules that are given in great detail in the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, Those are just a couple examples that we can see 
So if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely take a look at those. I think that it can be a very informational study, to say the least. But in the context of the New Covenant, you know, what does this commandment mean for Christians today? I think that that's the question that a lot of us are eager to answer. Are we to abide by all of these Old Testament Sabbath rules? Well, the answer for most people is going to be somewhat clear, and that is no. While the importance of resting, not necessarily simply in the physical sense, but more importantly in resting in the Lord, is not at all diminished, the specifics of how we go about that are certainly a bit different today than they were in Old Testament times. And a lot of that comes back to the change in the way that we understand our relationship to the Sabbath. So the passage that I always gravitate to here when we're talking about understanding the Sabbath is from Mark chapter 2. And essentially what's happening here is that Jesus and his disciples are walking through a field on the Sabbath day. And as they walk, the disciples pluck some heads of grain. The Pharisees see this and rebuke them for doing what was considered to be work on the Sabbath. And Jesus responds to them in this way. This is Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And this response, reminding them that the Sabbath is a gift given to us by the Lord, can really go a long way, I think, in helping us to correctly understand the Sabbath. You know, the understanding that Christians under the New Covenant are not bound by all of these specific Old Testament Sabbath laws that we can read about, is further supported as well by other New Testament passages, not just this one from Mark. Uh, another fine example of this would be Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. But it is important to realize here that when we're talking about the Sabbath, the Sabbath is not a burden or some kind of heavy yoke that we bear as Christians. And I think that when we read all of these Old Testament, Old Covenant rules for the Sabbath, sometimes it can paint the wrong picture, like the Sabbath is this big, heavy undertaking that sort of weighs on the life of a follower of God. And that's not the case at all. In fact, as this passage from Mark 2 explains, the Sabbath was made for man. Now, the Sabbath should certainly be a time of reverence to the Lord. There's no question about that. But it is also a time of resting in God. And these days, taking care of ourselves physically is the sort of thing that has grown in the public recognition of its importance, and rightly so. Right? We all need to set aside time to recharge our batteries physically. Because we are only human, and we can't go on forever without eventually taking a break to rest and to recover. But that isn't just true in a physical sense. 
it is also very true spiritually. And this is where we can see the importance of the Sabbath in the life of a Christian very practically. I'm sure I've presented this analogy at some time before, but I'm going to go ahead and do so again here. Think of yourself like a cup. So you're a cup and you have some liquid in you. Maybe you're full, right? You're full of uh, the Spirit of God. And as you go about your week, as you go about your life, you're engaged in ministry, you're living on mission for God, and every time that you interact with people, that you share the gospel or that you show the love of Christ to others, you're pouring out from your cup into them. You're, you're pouring out that spirit that you have from the Lord. And that's a great thing, and it's something that we should all be doing. We should all be pouring out into others. But eventually what happens with that cup is you pour out and you pour out and you pour out, and then your cup is empty. And you want to keep pouring out into others. You want to keep ministering to others and serving God so faithfully. But if you're going to do that, you have to refill your cup first before you can continue to pour out into the lives of others. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by resting in the Lord, by recharging those spiritual batteries in just the same way that we recognize it's so important to take the time to rest and recover and recharge physically. And the Sabbath is a time for us to intentionally devote to filling up that cup and resting in the Lord so that we can effectively serve others and continue to pour out into others. So, especially for people out there who are, are really on fire for God and you just want to work for the Lord all the time, I think that's a very admirable thing. And uh, don't misunderstand me. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being on fire for God, being excited and energetic about serving the Lord. But even still, it is so important to take the time to have that Sabbath because it isn't lost time or lost opportunity. As we can see here, being intentional, observing the Sabbath, and setting aside that time is just as glorifying to God because it's obedience to God. It's following the commandment that he has given us and enjoying that gift and that blessing of the Sabbath that he's given us, right? And on that same note, there is something really cool about this commandment concerning the Sabbath, I think, when we consider it in the larger context of the Ten Commandments. And this is why it can be very helpful to look at these topics in a series like this. Because when we look at the previous three commandments, they're all things that we are commanded not to do. Have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. But this commandment is something that we are commanded specifically to do. 
And while these other commandments concern sinful things that we should not be doing, this commandment points out a very good thing, a blessing that we should not forget. And this further reminds us, once again, that the Sabbath is a gift. And it's also important to see that this is not a commandment that comes out of nowhere. Not only is this cycle or rhythm of sorts of laboring six days and resting on the seventh a pattern that harkens all the way back to the story of creation, as we read just a bit ago, but it is also a familiar pattern to the Israelites when they received this commandment here in Exodus. Because as they traveled through the wilderness, the Israelites collected manna six days, but rested on the seventh. And we can see this in Exodus chapter 16, verses 22 through 26. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. So clearly, it is very important that we observe the Sabbath as Christians. But how does this relate to the seven-day pattern we've been discussing uh, just here in the last couple minutes? Now, if you have sharp ears, you may recall that earlier, when we gave sort of a big-picture definition of the Sabbath, I said it is typically on a Sunday, but it isn't necessarily on a Sunday. And that's a point that I want to bring up and revisit here. At least in the United States, and I only say that because I'm not an expert on the customs of all other cultures worldwide, the Sabbath is observed on Sunday. But if you're anything like me, you may be saying to yourself, well, hold on. The commandment says that we are to labor six days but rest on the seventh. But doesn't which day is the seventh day depend on when you start counting? Is there something specifically holy about Sunday as compared to Thursday or or any other day of the week? And the answer to that question is, of course, no. There is nothing inherently holier about Sunday necessarily. The most important thing is setting aside the seventh day to be a Sabbath and not the day of Sunday itself. It isn't that there are things that we shouldn't do on Sunday that we can do any other day of the week. You know, what makes something acceptable, Christ-centered conduct, what makes something sinful or not, you know, that does not change based on the day on the calendar. And that's why it always baffles me when I hear people say things like, well, I wouldn't do that on a Sunday, as if to imply that because it's Sunday, the thing that they would be doing is somehow unacceptable, but, but it would be fine any other day of the week. You know, all that really reveals 
in my opinion, is that they know whatever that particular behavior is, it's not Christ-like, regardless of the day of the week. And it's just that we sort of draw this arbitrary line of, of Sunday as, as a special day. And again, it's important to set aside the Sabbath to keep it holy as this is commanded, but the importance and significance of that goes far beyond just the name of the day on the calendar. So no, the Sabbath does not absolutely have to be on a Sunday. And if you're listening, and perhaps you or someone close to you is unable to observe the Sabbath on a Sunday, whatever that reason may be, I would just highly encourage you not to neglect the importance of the Sabbath altogether. Still set aside that time to rest in the Lord, even if that time has to be a Thursday or a Monday or some other day. Because the Sabbath is a gift, not a punishment, and we should not neglect it. With that said, however, I do feel that there are some very real benefits to having the Sabbath on a Sunday, or rather, on a common day with others, as we see in Scripture, regardless of what day of the week that is. And just so happens that where I am, that day is Sunday. And I find that simply in a practical sense, this is helpful not only as an encouragement for regularity in our observance of the Sabbath, but also in promoting healthy fellowship among fellow Christians. Because when we set aside that consistent day to gather in corporate worship with other believers, it marks that time off in our minds and on our calendars, so that we're less likely to forget about it or neglect that time of worship and rest. And secondly, gathering together to celebrate the Sabbath promotes fellowship with one another, which is so encouraging and beneficial. And we can see scriptural support for this in many passages, uh, but two that I will share today that really speak to the value of fellowship are going to be uh, first, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And then secondly, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series looking at the Ten Commandments. And I pray that something said in this episode was a blessing or an encouragement to you in some way. So with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. (music) 